Christmas Day, Reverend Gloria took us through do you believe in miracles and made and talked about Joseph, talked about the wise men, talked about Zachariah, talked about Mary, and talked about Elizabeth. And I believe that the Christmas story is a story that if you want to preach and talk about it, we can be doing it all year long. I don't even know why we always try to limit it to Christmas season, but I think that there are so many characters in there. There are so many subjects in there. There are so many issues in there that we can learn from over and over and over again. And today I want us to learn from one of the characters in the Christmas story. That is, it's, it's not one of the so good characters, let me put it that way. And that character is Herod. Amen. You'd be surprised that what can we learn from Herod? All that we know about Herod is that he wanted to kill baby Jesus. Is there any good thing to learn from Herod? But you know, in Luke chapter 16, from verse 1, Jesus told the story of this servant that did something dubious to his master. And the master said that, I'm going to sack you. And the guy decided that, if you are going to sack me, what am I going to do? I did not save as I was working with you. I don't have, you know, Reverend has always been telling us that if you don't have three months uh, salary savings, is it mortgage or salary savings? Okay, then the standard is very high. Okay, salary savings. <laughs> then, then you are broke. You have to, all of us have to measure ourselves whether we meet the standard. I thought it's mortgage, but it's salary savings anyway. <laughs> so the man decided to go to all the people that he gave the loan to on behalf of the master and said that, oh, how long, how many, you can read from Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 16 from verse 1 to 8 because of time, I will not read it. And you go to this person and said, how much does you, how much do you own my master? He said, oh, I own my master, 100. So, okay, you know what, make it 80. So, he did all those things, just, he cut it, not a good thing anyway, just to be able, after he's been sacked, he'll be able to go back for the rest. The master saw it, and Jesus made a statement in Luke chapter 16, verse 8. He said, and the Lord commended the unjust word because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Amen. Which presupposes that sometimes we should not just be quick to condemn everything totally. The person might have done wrong, but even the approach is something that you can sort of learn the approach and use it to do a right thing. Amen. I don't know if you've done an exam before in the lecture I told you that approach you know, that's why sometimes they are marking our essays. They don't just mark the substance. They mark the approach. So sometimes you'll be able to get the approach right. So the body, the introduction, the body, the conclusion is right. But the substance is not there. So maybe you might get the substance wrong, but the approach is right. So today I don't want us to look at what Herod did in terms of the intention of killing Jesus, but the approach that we can also learn from and use it in our daily decisions. Amen. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. From verse 1 to 8. I just want to read it quickly. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. From verse 1 to 8. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of Herod the king. Behold the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying where is he who has been born king of the Jews 
for he for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him when herod the king heard this he was troubled and all jerusalem with him and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people he inquired of them where the christ was to be born verse 5 so they said to him in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written by the prophet but you oh, but you bethlehem in the land of judah are not the least among the rulers of judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people israel then herod when he had secretly called the wise men determined from them what time the star appeared and he sent them to bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the young child and when you have found him bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Amen. God bless his word. And we know that this thing that he said in the last verse, he was lying. But there are good things that I think we can learn from Herod. How when he learned, when he heard that news, the Bible says he was troubled. But the, thing, the, the way he went about it, I think it is something that we can learn one or two from that will be able to help in our own decision making. I think it has to do more of decision making, especially in the year 2021. Amen. The first thing that we can learn from this story is that Herod knew the role of people around him. Herod knew the role of people around him. What am I trying to say? You see, if you look at all the kings in the Bible from the days of the pharaohs through to Nebuchadnezzar, through to all these times, even to Herod and Pilate and all those people, you see that they were surrounded by so many people some were people that gave them just wine. Some were people that fed them. Some were their army generals. Some were people that would sing for them to make merry. Some were people that would serve them. Some of them are wives. Some of them are uh, spiritual people. Some of them are priests and all this. So you see that in a king's palace, there are a whole lot of people that surrounds them. And the first thing I want to say is that Herod knew the role of each and every one. He, he did not, because you see, he, if you don't know, and, and the same thing applies to us, even though you and I, we are not a king in terms of the king, we are a king in our own right, amen? But you must also know the role of everybody that surrounds you. Because you see, sometimes if you don't know the role of people that surrounds you, the functions and their impact in your life, you might not be able to know. You get it? When Herod heard this case, he knew those people that this issue he must go and talk to them about. When Herod heard this, he did not go to talk to the army general. You get it? So I just want to encourage all of us that as we move on, because sometimes it looks very obvious. Oh, I know the person is my wife. I know the person is my child. I know the person is my father. But have you sat down to analyze what is the role of such and such person in our life? That's why sometimes we, we get all forms of people in our lives. Some of them, they don't really add much. And some of them, they take a whole lot. Since they came in our lives, their deduction, only God knows. But we've not sat down to realize that this person and that person and that person that, are, that have surrendered my life, what are they doing for me? What do they do? What do they do? And I wrote something that I said, do you know the role of the people who have surrendered your life? Are they adding to your maturity or not? Are they causing retrogression in your life? And there, can there be significant achievement in your life that you can link to certain 
associations. Is there any significance in that? Since the last time I was talking to Mr. Michael, and I was telling him that there are certain friends that I had that even though they were not Christians, they introduced me to writing. They introduced me to like writing for newspapers, writing for journals, writing. They, and they, they, when you talk to them about Christ, you see that they are new. But my association with them, I realized that at least by the time we departed, I'd written 10 because I was just associated with them on that front. And you and I know that by virtue of a certain association or a certain role that you have, you began to smoke because, because the person came. Be- because the person came in your life, you began to drink. When the person came, you, be- you began to be associated and became addicted to certain things. Yeah. And you see that, and there are certain people too that you know that because of them you are blessed. By virtue of them being in your life, you realize that this person is a blessing. And those are the people that I want to encourage you this morning, that this afternoon, that you see, don't let them go. You see, you have to be smart to know. You know, sometimes, and even the church, you must know that by virtue of my association in this church, things are working. You should be able to link things up. Not just, oh, God is blessing us. How? God bless people by two channels. You get it? Which channel is God using? Is this person a medium that you see that since I met person A, B, and C, my life is being transformed. So, sit down and think through and know how impactful or otherwise anyone has been in your life. Genesis chapter 30 verse 27. I just want to give you two examples of people that knew that this person that I am with, he's changing my life. So, I'm not going to Genesis 30 verse 27. This is Laban speaking. Genesis 30 27. The Bible says, And Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. He said, Please stay, please stay, please stay. There are some people that, you know, there are some people that you should drive away, but there are some people that in your life you should make by all means ensure that they are in your life. Whether distant, you know, because some people cannot always be in, in the same geographical location. But some people that you should continue to stay in touch by phone. Some people that you should continue to stay in touch by all means. Lehman told Jacob that, you see, I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Because he realized that before Jacob came, this is the number of sheep that he had. And after Jacob, this is the number of sheep that I had. See that, just by virtue of that Jacob in his life, the Jacob factor, his life was transformed. Amen. I'll give you another one. Look, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, 67 and 68. John chapter 6, 67 and 68. John 6, 67. So, this was the time in the ministry of Jesus that he, he talked about eat my blood, drink my blood, eat my body. And the people, hey, we thought that he could give us food. Yes, we fed us and all that, but this kind of carnivorous encounter. We don't want to be part of it. And so Jesus was telling them that. So a lot of people left. Then Jesus asked the disciples, said, then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? This is the answer that Peter said. said, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? There are some people that they are trying to send you away. He said, no, I'm not going away. I'm not going away. 
You know that the person that you are married to, whether your husband or your wife, by virtue of that association. So even if the person is behaving one or two, you don't stand upon it to say that the marriage should end. To whom, to, whom, to, to whom shall I go? To whom shall I go? To whom shall I go? There is no better package anywhere. To whom shall I go? Amen. So that's the first thing that Herod, you see that Herod, even though his intentions were not right, we are learning something from him. The second thing that we are learning from Herod is that Herod knew how to match life issues and concerns to the appropriate quarters. Herod knew how to match life issues to the appropriate quarters. Some of us, we talk to people anyhow and anybody. Anyhow and anybody. This particular issue that is of concern, is it somebody that, is it something that you should talk to your boss? Is it something that you should talk to your pastor? Is it something that you should talk to anybody? Because it's like, once some of us, the issue hit us, it becomes like a guardian newspaper headline story. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that you are broke. Everybody knows that your your landlord is chasing after you. Everybody knows that you are fighting your marriage. Everybody. No. 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 How? That's why I say because Herod knew that this particular issue, the army general cannot help me. This particular issue. The wine, the person that gives me wine is useless. This particular issue, the person that serves me food, even though I like the food, is useless on this front. The person that will be able to help me on this front are the priests. Should be able to match. Just like maybe you are doing, uh, like Dr. Frank is doing cancer pharmacology. And he's coming to ask me, it's a useless endeavor. I don't, I don't know anything about cancer pharmacology. I will not be able to help. You get it. But you see, sometimes in our life, we talk to people and and they give us answers. You yourself, you should even be able to know that this answer that the person, this counsel that the person is giving to me, it is not helping. But some people have made themselves jack of all trades. They are not even, you know, some people, you talk to them, you tell them that they they will not even be honorable enough to say that this one, they talk to this person. At least, me, if I talk to people and they tell me that this one, talk to, I respect them a lot. Because they've let me know that this one, um, but there are some people, every cancer on marriage they will give you, on business they will give you. Every, you can't do that. So you should be able to match, match, you know, match the issues. This issue about my finance, who am I talking to? This thing. It's not that you should talk to everybody. Some of them, you even have to talk to God. Some of them is God that you have to talk to. You don't need to talk to everybody, you just need to go to God. But you should know that this particular front, I'm taking the issue. I'm going to get the right answer. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. The Bible says, where there is no counsel, there is the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 24, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6, the Bible says, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war, and in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There's a wise counsel that you have to depend upon to wage a certain war. There's a wise counsel that you have to get 
to be able to take a certain decision. That it doesn't have to be the counsel coming from all quarters. Sometimes you yourself you confused because when you talk to person A, he has given you this advice. Person B is giving you this advice. Person C is giving you this. They all seemed good. But is it suitable for the particular context that we are looking at? Amen. Mm. And the third one, you'll be surprised, is that Herod was very spiritual. Herod was very spiritual. Why am I saying that? You see, why will somebody come to you and tell you that we have seen a star that uh, uh, where is the king being born? This one, I am the king. That is the solution to the question. A king that is being born. You know, you can take it very literal. You can take it like, oh, this one is a useless. This I times you have to be careful of and sensitive of your own words that these words that I go about saying it's, it's working it's working and it has started working in my life and it has started working in my children's life it has started working in my wife's life, my husband's life it's working in my life, so you have to be sensitive and know that now I'm not going to be somebody who's just going to be throwing around words Herod said that if these people have come to me and they are talking about a child that is being born to be a king because if it where you and I, would you have gone to a priest to go and ask about this? Because from hindsight, it doesn't look anything a child that is a king. Oh. If you go and talk to somebody, you say, oh, they are very useless people, don't. You get it. But Herod, Herod realized that I've heard a lot of stories. But this one, there's something about it that I must, I, there's, there's something to it. That's why sometimes when you're talking to some people and they are Releasing cases of you should be sensitive enough to, in front of them, the, go against all of them. You are standing there, and the person says, "Oh, you, your children, they are very stubborn." That that word, that word is not a good word. That you should, you should laugh about it and say that, "Oh, this person, they are very is one of those people that I respect." So when they say, "No, no," in front of them, it's not a word that you should allow to go like that. You get it? You become very sensitive to words. You just realize that these words, I will not say it to my wife. I will not say it to my husband. I will not say it to in fact when I was preparing this message myself I was going to say hey yes, God forgive us of certain ways that have come out of our mouths. Amen. Amen. The fourth one that we are learning from Herod is that Herod appreciated men of God and their counsel. Herod appreciated men of God and their counsel. You see that's why I said that let's not as much as possible try and brush off anybody especially in the Bible. Every character in the Bible is teaching us something. Herod, that we know, that when you talk about Herod, you say, oh, the person I wanted to kill Jesus. No. He had counsel. If Herod of all people, that we say he's a bad man, he's a bad king, appreciated the counsel of men of God, then you and I that call ourselves good people, then we should appreciate the counsel of men of God more. You see, he called them, he called the scribes, he called the 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 the, 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 the if, if it was today he might, he might have called the pastor and said he might have called his pastor and said pastor this is this that 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 what do you think and the pastor gave him counsel and that's and, and I and I and I say that in this church we are blessed every Sunday we come we get counsel we get counsel and I believe that some of us we've taken certain decisions in our lives based on a certain counsel that came here, maybe on a Wednesday evening service. You took a counsel. Maybe based on a counsel that came on the Friday prayer meeting, or based on a counsel that came 
or the Sunday church service. Or even based on the council that maybe you went to see Reverend Chris, Reverend Gloria, Pastor William, you went to see them and they told you. And one thing that I will always tell all of us in this house is that, you know, this house is, is like a family kind of. So you don't really, when a very, very powerful council, you might think that it's literal. You know, if you go to certain places, the, the people will be like, and they'll be nodding their head. Word, word, word. You might not get it here, but I just want to encourage all of us. Let's be sensitive. When you are talking to Reverend Chris, or Ed, he is saying something that you think, this one, I must take it seriously. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. Don't. Don't. Because some of us want to hear, that's yes, the Lord. Once that's yes, the Lord does not precede the statement, and it's not from God. You, if, if you behave that way around this church, you might never hear a word of God. Because I hardly hear Reverend say, that's yes, the Lord. But he has been giving counsel every now and then. Some of us, we take. Some of us, we don't take. Some of us, we don't take. But we realize later that if you are taking, the steps would have been shorter. Now we are going to 14 steps. If you are taking, maybe it would have been three. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Especially in the coming year. If this year, no problem. But in the coming year, make sure that you appreciate the men of God. How do you appreciate the men of God? by listening to them. Trying as much as possible to be around. Trying, Reverend talked to us about the secret of availability. And I think that's one of the things that as a church we need to really work on how available we will be in the coming year for the things of God. Amen. I want to give us three reasons why we should appreciate the man of God that God has given us. Three reasons why we should appreciate. The first one is that the men of God that God has placed in our life, they can lead either to our fall or to our rise. Amen. They can lead either to our fall or to our rise. In Luke chapter 2, when they went to dedicate Jesus, in Luke chapter 2, verse 34. In Luke chapter 2, verse 34. Are you being blessed? Luke chapter 2 verse 34. The Bible says, Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against them. So the men of God that God has placed in our life, they are for the fall and our rise. The rise is a good part, but the fall is a very dangerous place to be. And I want to encourage us that realize that the men of God that God has placed in our life, they can lead that and I don't think that any of the pastors in this church want the fall of anybody. No. Not at all. But you be sensitive of it. That they are for our rise and they are for our fall. And the second one is that by virtue of our appreciation and our encounter with them, they are leading us out of certain Egypts that we find ourselves and also for our preservation. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. They are leading us out of certain Egypt. You know what Egypt represents? Your Egypt might be different from my Egypt, but they are Egypt nevertheless. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. The Bible says, by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet he was preserved. So God is leading you and me out of Egypt 
out of a place that you are not supposed to be. And the way God, God will use this man of God to lead us out is a different way. Some of them is prayer. Some of them is counsel. And you know sometimes as human beings, we have our own ways. Oh, this particular issue, I don't think, I came and whoever just told me, this, I thought he would pray over me, give me, anoint my head with, you don't decide the strategy. But be sure that once you are appreciating and honoring, that is the word, you'll be led out of any of these places. Amen. And the third reason why we should appreciate and honor the men of God that Herod appreciated is that heaven recognizes them. And I think that is the most important thing. If heaven is recognizing something, who am I not to recognize? Who am I not to recognize? Uh, who am I? <laughs> Anytime I hear who am I, a story comes to my head. Anyway, <laughs> who am I? <laughs> who am I not to recognize? If heaven is recognizing men of God, you and I have to recognize. I will just give the Bible st- uh, the quotation, then I will just talk about it because of our time. In Acts chapter 10, 3 to 6, when Cornelius was praying and the angel came, what I found baffling was that if you, the angel, you are around, why should you tell Cornelius to go and find Peter? What can, what is Peter going to do that you, the angel, that you are present, you cannot do? But the angel told Cornelius that, you see, go to this city, you will find a man there, he's called Peter, and tell him to come, he will know what to do. Which presupposes that heaven recognizes that they are working in tandem with men of God. Because why do you cut, why do you part A and leave part B for Peter to come and do? Because heaven recognized them. And the second one is that, you know, when you read the conversion of Paul, it's found in Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 27. You realize that when Jesus, this one it was not an angel, this one it was Jesus. Jesus told Saul or Peter or Paul that you are blind now, but when you go, you meet a man called Ananias. He will be the one who will lay his hand on you. You will receive your sight and you will pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. If anybody is praying for anybody to receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the right person. So why is Jesus leading Paul to Ananias? That should tell you and I that heaven acknowledges and respects men of God. Amen. And the third, reason, and the third uh, story there is the story of Lazarus in Luke chapter 16. 29 to 31. When the encounter, when Lazarus died, the rich man also died. Lazarus died, the rich man also died. And the rich man was trying to tell Father Abraham that, that, Father Abraham, that, you see, is it possible, is it possible that you will send Lazarus to go from the dead? And when he goes, he will speak to them. Because once they see that this person is coming from the dead, they will, they will be awakened. Hey, this one is a very serious matter. Abraham told them that you see, I have sent them Moses and the prophets. If they are not listening to Moses and the prophets, there's no way they will listen to somebody coming from the dead. So it's a very scary thing. What the Bible is trying to say is that the words that these men of God are saying is the same volume and is the same intensity as somebody coming from the dead to speak to you. If you never saw it that way. So it's a very serious thing when you are dealing with a man of God. I'm not scaring you, but I'm reading the scriptures, unless it's not in the scripture. Amen. Our time is almost up. I want to end, but the fifth point I want to talk about, 
about Herod is that Herod did not just appreciate, but he acted on the counsel of the men of God. What? Are you not surprised? The Herod of all people, after he listened to them saying that, oh, the child will be born in Bethlehem, he took it and went to the wise men and told the wise men that this child is going to be born in Bethlehem. So you go and search for him there. And when you, you find him, come and tell me. Which is very serious. It's not just we listening to it, but we acting upon it. And lastly, I want to say that Herod knew his limitation, even though he was the king. Herod knew his limitation, even though he was the king. You must know where your strength can take you. Where your strength can take you. You should be able to know that this one, I don't have the capabilities. This one, I need somebody to help me. You cannot be all in all. A lot of things you cannot do. A lot of things I cannot do. A lot of things some of us cannot do. But there are the things that you cannot do, some, some people can do. Herod knew that he could decree. He could do these things. But when it comes to finding out from the scriptures, searching the scriptures, getting to know that this and this and this and this is the place, he had to defer to the pastors and they were able to advise him. I pray that God speaks to us even as we enter 2021 and causes us to be able to identify the role of people around us, to be able to match life issues with a particular people, to be able to become spiritual, to be able to appreciate men of God, to be able to act on the counsel of men of God, and lastly, to be able to know our limitations that this one I cannot, but there's somebody that God can use to bless me. Amen.